All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Driving Theology. My name is Mike. And it is time to get to work. Turn down my Bluetooth here. It is a sunny Wednesday morning. Very sunny, but very cold and windy, and and a little bit. Uh, what's the word? Um, well, it's allergy season, so air quality. I'm guessing there's a lot of allergens in the air quality. The air, a lot of allergen particles. Oops, sorry about that. Hold on a minute. Uh, yeah, so it is February 22nd, February 22, and uh, just about, uh, I guess, three weeks, almost three weeks uh, before my uh, trip to the States happens, which going to start on March 17th, we head to St. Louis, and then off to New York on the 26th, and then back in Japan by the 1st of April, and that's no joke. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's what's going on with me this week, so, uh, got rehearsals, and good friend of mine, Cam, I don't think he's ever been on the podcast, but I'm sure I've talked about him. He uh, ruptured his Achilles last week. Uh, so he, he has uh, been, uh, he's in a cast. He's more or less stationary. He lives close to us here. Driving by the intersection to his house now. Um, yeah, Cam's a, a missionary and a good friend, and his family, Ayami, uh, with their three kids, uh, joined us in this area back in 2019, I guess it was, 2019. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, uh, kind of putting down roots and making a, making a, making a home here in Hitachi Ota. Not sure why I brought up Cam, except that I feel really bad for him. He, uh, it's just one of those freak accidents that happens to people when they're in their 30s. Sometimes he, he was playing basketball, but he wasn't doing anything particularly strenuous, and it just popped. His Achilles just gave up the ghost, so to speak, and just boing. In fact, he heard a snap. Um, yeah, so if you pray 
they're good people to pray for right now. Um, they have a long recovery. He has a long recovery ahead of him. Of course, it affects the whole family and everything. So, uh, but on the upside, he's uh, making strides in chess. <laughs> he's playing a lot of chess and doing well. Um, yeah, he's far surpassed me now. show. Yeah, so what to talk about today? Um, that is a good question. Uh, some good discussions and things happening, uh, you know, about the Asbury revival, probably by now, uh, that is happening in, I want to say Virginia, is it? No, it's not Virginia. Where is it? Oh, it's in Kentucky. That's right. At a, uh, at a at a uh, Christian college in Kentucky for the last, I guess now two weeks, I suppose it's still going on, I don't know, uh, a revival has broken out. And basically, revivals are kind of difficult to define, uh, really. But basically, it's, it's a group of like-minded people in a place uh, who have uh, caught fire for uh, their God or their religion, and they just don't leave. They continually uh, worship and pray, and and, and uh, yeah. So it's something like two weeks that's going on now in Asbury, uh, where people have just you know are kind of going crazy for God, and it's kind of an interesting phenomenon. Uh, I don't think, I don't re ever remember being alive when an actual revival happened. I don't remember. I'm sure I was, but some of them just maybe didn't get publicized or whatever. Uh, of course, there are small ones and big ones. Sorry, I got the sniffles a little bit from allergies. Uh, so, yes, revival has broken out, and I think... I think we can we can all agree it's a, it's a legitimate thing that's happening there. It is a revival. By legitimate, I mean it's legitimately a revival. Whether revivals are a legitimate expression of the Holy Spirit or not, that's you know that's that's another question. And it, I don't I don't know why it couldn't be. You know, you think of the day of Pentecost as something like this that happened where. Uh, Maybe, maybe um, prompted by a miracle or some kind of a sign or a wonder uh, that happened, uh, and then people are um, people witness it, and it sparks this kind of a, a craze. Uh, a lot of a lot of people um, repenting, or you know rededicating their lives to God uh, and to each other and a lot of people you know confess they, they talk about bad things they've done in the past and they, they, they talk about how sorry they are for it and how they want to change and so revival is it's a, it's a rare thing uh, it's a rare thing 
it's not something that um, <clears throat> happens every year, maybe not even every decade. And so the ones that have have been labeled the, some, the something something revival. You know, you you think about revivals that were um, caused by famous preachers like uh, D.L. Moody and, and these guys. Um, warm enough to turn my fan down. Oh, this is my quadruple latte I'm drinking. And I have to drink this because I didn't have time to drink it this morning. Gonna need the juice to get through my morning, I think. And I'm drinking it all up. Drink some of it latest. My wife also gave me a banana that she instructed me to eat, but I won't uh, try to do this podcast and eat a banana. Um, that wouldn't be very, very good. Although I'd get some good ASMR probably out of it. Anyway, so this revival has sparked uh, supporters, right? It, it has, uh, a lot of people have come out in support and, and, and who are celebrating the revival and there are cynics who have come out and are skeptical uh, who are trying to uh, kind of quantify what a successful revival needs to look like and, and maybe critiquing this one as either meeting or not meeting those criteria uh, and yeah, I, I think there, there's a whole group of people like me who are on, on the fringes of Christian society who have, uh, been apart, but are, have kind of either been shoved to the side or willingly, uh, uh, taken an aisle seat, if you will. Um, who are looking at this in different ways, right? And as for me, uh, I did read, okay, there's this guy I follow on Facebook. I'm going to get his name wrong. I know his first name is Jose. Right now, his last name eludes me. I want to say Jose Cuervo, but I know that's not it. That's a tequila brand. That's not him. Uh, Jose lives in the States. He is a an organic uh, person or personality. Organic church, I mean. So he, he's, he's a staunchly uh, opposed to institutional church and traditional uh, Christian ecclesiology, right, the way the church is done, uh, and he's very vocal, I think he, he has some good things to say, I I don't agree with everything he says or does, but in this case he found somebody who had a uh, list of hopes that will come out of Asbury, a list of, a list of, it's almost like a, you know, 99 theses of uh, 
Martin Luther. It's, it's, a, it's a list of things that are wrong with the evangelical church that, that he thinks should be addressed and, and fixed at Asbury. That, that if Asbury is going to be something legitimate, it needs to look at these, all of these things, right? And presumably, what Asbury is right now is a thin space, what's known as a, a, a hot spot or a, a thin place, a, a place on earth that is connecting with heaven at this point. And so if, if things are going like that, what it means is that the, the divine has kind of a, a direct line to, to the leaders at least at Asbury and, and they are having conversations on a very high level, let's say. Um, high level, uh, I, I know this, I, I'm simplifying all this for lack of experience and knowledge. <laughs> but, but presumably that's what's happening in a revival, right? The spirit has shown up in a, in a more powerful way than usual and people are, are in a place where they're responding to it, uh, and and so if that's happening, if it's truly the Lord who is there, now some people would argue it could be almost any spiritual being that is stirring the waters at Asbury, but Asbury, um, but. Uh, if it's truly the Lord, then some people believe, and I, I would agree with a lot of this, that the Lord should finally be speaking out on things like the church's, the church's stance on LGBTQ uh, relationships and race uh, and uh, wealth disparity uh, and war and violence, right? Um, there are a whole lot of things that people like me and people like these guys uh, believe has gone wrong in evangelical Christianity. A whole lot of things. A whole lot of things that drove us to, to the fringes, drove us out of the buildings. Now, many of us are still holding on to our faith in Christ. <laughs> But we see a different Christ. We know a different Christ than a lot of the people in the evangelical community. We have we have come to know a more loving, a more forgiving, a more uh, accepting Christ. And if Asbury is not illuminating this Christ, if Asbury is not introducing this Christ to the Christian world at large, then what is it really? It's 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 just same old, same old. It's another uh, another group of spiritual crazy people who are going to continue to marginalize uh, the the weak and the oppressed and the minority, right? Uh, minorities of all kinds, not just races. And so I think that's the that's the big big concern here is that all right you say it's a revival are we finally going to get a revival that 
reflects the true Christ. And I have to say, though I haven't been to Kentucky in a, quite a long time, I would be skeptical. I would be skeptical that a place like Kentucky would produce that kind of a characterization characterization of who the true Christ is the cruciform Christ but I don't know I, I'm not I'm not studying the theology that's coming out of Asbury I'm not, I haven't haven't been privy to what they're talking about or uh, what the main point is all I've heard is things like repentance and and dedication and, and worship and you know all of these things um, and I'm all for repentance and dedication and I'm all for true worship um, but the kind of worship that that Christians have been doing the last I don't know 50 years um, what, what people have been calling worship, which is basically music on a Sunday morning in a church building. Uh, that's not worship to me. That's not true worship. That's not the true heart of worship. Right? So, I mean, it's student-led, right? These are, these are college students. And so, I would assume that they are far more open than their parents, especially if they come from the South. Not all of them probably come from the South, which is why. Um, but if, if it's just another glorified Pentecostal, you know, mass healing revival, and I did see some healings that are happening there then I'm afraid it's just going to be more of the same, right? A lot of the great revivals actually sparked new sects in religion, right? New groups of people who decided to worship differently, who departed from what had gone on before them. But, but that eventually, sorry, this is really loud, eventually did become... Uh, their own branch, their own denomination of, of Christianity. They just serve to fracture the body even further. What we need is is a revival that that pulls all Christians back to the heart of Christ. Not to the heart of religion. <clears throat> What we need is a revival that, that wipes away, you know, nearly 2,000, a 2,000 year history of dividing the body of Christ. We need something that, that brings the body of Christ together again. <coughs> Excuse me. Under the true Christ. Under the real Jesus. And if that means getting out of buildings and, and shedding our denominational labels, 
and just identifying ourselves as simple people who are trying to follow the Christ who are trying to live like him who are trying to love like him who are failing but who are trying nonetheless that that is a worthy worthy revival that, that's a revival that we need and you know we're, we're getting closer to that I think it's going to happen I, I, I believe it's going to happen I, I, I pray that all things are going to be made right one day that everything will finally uh, reflect that the entire world all of creation will finally one day reflect the true nature of Christ I have a hope I hope that happens I have seen that right I, I've seen that possibility I can't see you know if I think about it in detail what that would mean that people everywhere would agree and would stop exploiting one another And that they would instead be supporting one another and uplifting one another, right? That world, by and large, right? That, that has to happen everywhere. At the same time, that's just, wow, that's a lot to ask. This world is so full of people who are pushing their own agenda, who are promoting self who are hoarding resources who believe that their best existence is in, in competition with their fellow man this world seems full of them and yes sometimes I'm one of those people and so to how that's going to be fixed how that's going to be N.T. Wright says, put to rights. He loves to say that. Put to rights. Uh, I can't even fathom what it would take. But I know it's going to have to come from us. I know we'll have a choice in the matter. I know it's not going to be something that's imposed on us. Christ is not going to force us. So somehow it's just going to happen from inside, internally. One day, mankind will wake up to a new reality that that they just decide to finally accept. And I think that's going to be a beautiful thing. I think it's I think it's going to be every every bit as wonderful as how the writer of Revelation saw it in his last two chapters. <clears throat> I believe Isaiah saw it as well. I think it'll be every bit as beautiful as that. And on some level, I, I, my paradigm, the paradigm that I believe in, is that the world is moving that direction already. And that we've already come a very long way, baby. <laughs> we've already come a very long way. 
sorry, I was sipping some coffee and letting that guy get in here. But I have been told by this guy on Facebook, maybe TikTok, maybe Instagram, I don't remember, but he's a lawyer who gives uh, tips about speaking. And he says, you should allow pauses when you speak. Pauses are good. Pauses give you time to think, gives other people time to think. And you should cut out the ums and the you know. And the, I think mine is right. Right? I think right. I just said it again. My, my, my word that I say too often is right, I think. Maybe it's because I think I'm right. I don't know. But I'll try to cut out my ums, you knows, and rights as much as I can. And be comfortable in the pause. Yeah, for some reason we're not comfortable with silence. That's why you're listening to this podcast instead of sitting in silence. <laughs> um, both of you. Maybe one of you. Maybe none of you. I don't know if anybody ever listens to these things all the way through. It's a good question. But back to Asbury. <clears throat> I don't think we, we need to be overly skeptical about what's happening there. And we also don't need to put a realistic expectations on it, unrealistic expectations on it either. Let's just celebrate that, that kids are, you know, they found something that, that they they enjoy, that they love. They've they're they're loving on each other. They're you know they're they're doing something exciting. They have passion. Uh, if nothing else we can celebrate the passion of youth. which can be a wonderful and a terrible thing. <laughs> I think the passion of youth took me down some really uh, dark paths in my life, uh, as well as some uh, fun and exciting ones. But still, youth have passion, and, and sometimes they don't these days. Actually, a lot of times we see nothing but lethargy recently. People who are disinterested or uninterested. I'm not which word is, I'm not sure which word is right there. <clears throat> but who just don't, you know, they don't care about what's going on around them. They're just into their own little lives. It's nice to see some kids with passion, I suppose. And hopefully they'll, they will, they will come down <clears throat> in a place that does address some of these injustices uh, perpetrated by evangelical Christianity uh, on the world at large. And the, the, the list is not small. I don't think anybody wants to say, you know, you can you can be loved by my God if, right? My God will love you if you do this. My God hates you if you do this. Nobody these days, I think, would put it in those terms, but 
that's what we're saying when we exclude people from the body of Christ uh, for any reason. You know, coming to Christ, in his own words, are about laying down your burden, right? Whatever that burden is, whether your burden is, is something that you've, you've done that is unkind uh, to others, unkind to yourself, or whether your burden is trying to hold accountable to, to trying to hold other people accountable. To the things that they've done that you think are unloving or unkind to others or themselves. They're both burdens, right? <clears throat> if you've listened to my podcast, you probably know that my stance is already that Christ has forgiven everyone completely and accepts everyone completely and will stop at nothing to bring everyone into his loving presence. Everyone. That death won't stop him. Nothing. Time won't stop him. <clears throat> Space won't stop him geography, language, culture, sexual preference, gender, all of these, all of these things, uh, all of these labels, none of these labels will stop Christ from continuing to pursue you so that you can live your best life in him. He doesn't want you so that you can get to heaven. He wants you so that heaven can come to you now. Isn't that what we need? We need a little relief now. We need to let down our burdens today. After all, heaven is in the it's in the future. It's in the realm of possibility. It's in the it's in chaos. We don't know what's going to happen. It's mysterious. Uh, it's distant. It's it's uh, what's the word intangible. But our relationships now need some heaven, right? Our families now need heaven. The people around us need heaven. Jesus is not not wanting you to know him so that he can take you to heaven. He's wanting you to know him so that he can bring heaven to you and give you some relief. <clears throat> Been listening to this old CD uh, by Take Six. They were a uh, Christian obviously six member acapella uh they didn't always do a cappella, but this album was a cappella. Jazz group from the 80s called Take Six. And they have a great song, What the World Needs Now is Love. Love is what we need. What the world needs now is love. But the point is not what the world needs. It's what the world needs now. 
exactly what that song says. What the world needs now, love is what we need. Spread love, da da da. Spread love, da da da. I've often said love can open any door. <clears throat> I'm not. I, I have to. You know, I haven't ever thought about this song until right now. I listened to that CD yesterday as I was uh, testing out a new sound system setup. I hadn't listened to it for probably 10 years before a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, man, it's a lovely album. And that song, I've never really looked at the theology of it, but it's not wrong. The world needs love and it needs to love. And and if we would love one another and and accept love from other people, you'd be surprised how your life will change now, today, that heaven will come to earth. That's what heaven is, that's what heaven is, right? Heaven is the realm of love, the essence of love, John says. The essence of God, John says, is love, right? God is love. The essence of God is love. Everything that God is is bound up in that love, right? Uh, nothing exists in God that is not love. The essence of God is love. <clears throat> Which means we are made of love. We're made of love, we're made for love, we're made from love, and we are made to love. And those who are loved well love well, I think. Uh, and so you can do that. You can, you can, you can, you can love somebody. You know, you can love somebody well today. Do something for them. That's unselfish. That is caring. That is, you know, that is loving. You can do that today. I can do that today. And the more people we love, those people will love other people more. It's not a perfect equation, I'm sure. There's lots of mitigating factors, but loved people who are loved well love people well. People who are loved well love people well. Yeah. Anyway, I hope that that's where Asbury uh, lands. I hope they land on love. I hope that they they land in a in a place where they realize that a lot of the walls that religion has put up in Christianity specifically uh, need to be teared, uh, torn down. They need to be destroyed. Uh, fewer walls. Even if they can't take them all down, they could take down some. <laughs> Uh, for themselves, you know, that's not going to affect everyone everywhere, I doubt, even though that's what I hope happens. I hope they come down in a place where they have some new revelation or some new insight uh, into what the Lord uh, thinks about this or that, and that they are bold enough to make that statement. You know, Jesus loved the little children, 
That's what the song says. <laughs> but more importantly, that's what the Bible says. You know, he said, let the little children come to me. Uh, let the little ch children come to me. You know, unless you are, as a child, you will, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. I think the kingdom of heaven is, is, is love again. I think that's what it is. And, and that's why you can be in it here and today. You can be loved uh, and you can be in the kingdom of heaven now. You don't have to wait until you die. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be hopeful about Asbury. I'm going to be hopeful that they, they land on some really good positions and that they repent for the church at large and that the church hears them. Thank you. Bye-bye.